I don't think you have to have all the answers. I think that leaders can talk about frameworks. So as I consider the decisions of how we're going to come back, I'm going to be looking at A, B, and C. And while there is ambiguity in the decision making, there's at least a logical framework. And I think people need a framework. They need a mindset. They need to understand the why. They don't need to know the answer, but I could know the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we thinking about it this way? Hi, this is Julie Masters and you are listening to The Next Right Thing, a mini-series from the Inside Influence team designed to provide some actionable certainty in uncertain times. Specifically, and I think we're now we're now in week six or seven, due to the lockdown that has resulted from the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, the idea behind this series, and we'll see where this series goes, it could turn into something else... Um, All feedback welcome, but for the moment, the idea is to go out to some of the most popular guests we've ever had on Inside Influence and ask them one question. What are the most important things you are focusing on right now or advising your clients to focus on, either tools, ideas or strategies that you know for sure work in uncertain times? Now, the intention is that somewhere in there, from these incredible minds, you will find the inspiration that you need for your next right thing. Now, in this episode, I am joined by Bill Coletti, a crisis communications and reputation management expert with more than 25 years of experience managing high stakes crisis issues management and media relations for Fortune 500 companies, global political campaigns. If it has happened, he was there and he saw it and helped somebody navigate a path through it. On top of that, he's probably one of the most aware, self-inquiring human beings that I've had the pleasure of speaking to for a very long time. So he hits both those points, expertise and also a level of, of awareness as to what's going on for all of us during this period of time. Now, his expertise is focused on usually on one thing, and that is how to approach, handle and lead in critical moments. In the moments when all bets are off and a normal Tuesday suddenly becomes the pivot point for your entire career, business or in the case of a select few, your entire political legacy. Now, in this conversation, we talk about the ABC of communicating during a critical moment or a crisis. ABC, always be communicating. How to excel during the messy middle phase, I love that phrase, which is the moment in time that we're all in right now where a new normal has sunk in and yet no end is still in sight. And whether there ever is such a thing as over-communicating with your team and stakeholders during a crisis. What I want you to reflect on here, and the thing that really struck me, is that the leaders that excel during these times, during any time that involves a critical moment, aren't the ones with all the answers. As, as leaders, I think it's often very seductive or easy to fall into the trap of what I would call the great reveal. And that is where you, you busy yourself down in the bunker trying to figure out all the answers, trying to figure out this is our destination, this is where we're going to end up, figure out a vision, and then you, you pop up and have a da-da moment for everybody. In critical moments and in crisis, we're not after the dada moment. We're not even after a destination. And that's what I really learned from Bill. What we want is the map. What we want is someone to translate the path ahead of us with a level of certainty. 
to not share the decisions because we're in, for most of us there are no decisions to be made at the moment in terms of what's coming next, but to share the process of our decision making, to share the criteria that we are following, to share what radar we have open and what we're looking for when it comes to making these decisions when that time is right. So basically what we're, what we're looking for is somebody's process and their certainty and not their perfection. And I think that that's a really interesting flip for a lot of leaders, myself included. If you want to dig even further into Bill's knowledge and background, you can hunt down our previous conversation where we talk even more about influencing critical moments, developing a crisis EQ that is a thing and is an important thing for any leaders out there, and the power of an apology. I believe it is episode number 57, if my notes are correct. In the meantime... Stay well, look after each other, and I genuinely hope somewhere in here you find the fuel that you need for your next right thing. Welcome to the podcast, Bill Coletti. Julie, always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much. This is wonderful. Just loving having you back, albeit briefly this morning because this is a, a little bit different to our usual programming so this is this is the next right thing and and I gave you a brief kind of run through of it before we before we hit the air and the idea of the next right thing is that we're really just talking about what you're finding right now like what are you focusing on what are you doubling down on either within your own business or what are you advising your clients to double down on now I know in some of the communication that you've been putting out there at the moment you're using the phrase because we're for those who are listening to the future, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 lockdown at the moment. And that doesn't mean that this information isn't useful at any other time. But you've talked about this messy middle that we're in at the moment, and I love that languaging. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over to you. Yeah, so a lot of the advice we've been giving companies from the beginning of, of COVID-19, before the lockdowns even, um, is that there are three simple phases that companies and leaders are go that need to lead companies are going through. The first is the initial response. How do you respond to the shutdown in your geographic area? How do you respond to the shutdowns across the globe that impact you if you're a global CEO? So there's this initial response phase. There's then this mushy middle, which is kind of undetermined length, and there's a lot of debate about how long we're going to be in this middle. And then the third phase is coming back. And so for most of our clients and most of the CEOs and companies that we're working with, initial response was pretty straightforward. Most everybody got it right. There are a couple of people way behind, but most by now, everybody's caught up. Coming back, we're just beginning to have those discussions about what coming back looks like. And so the communications imperative of both of those going in and coming out are really, really clear. I've got to communicate we're shutting down. I've got to communicate we're coming back. But if we believe in this other principle that I love of ABC, always be communicating, how do you do that in this confusing, mushy middle? The snow is melted. It's a little bit slushy. You're not exactly sure where you're going because you don't know what getting restarted looks like. So that's where we really are right now is figuring out what to say in the context of always be communicating and doing it in a sincere way. So let, so talk to me. I mean, let's get brass tacks about the always be communicating. Can you 
can you over communicate? Because that was all, that's always my fear that you're going to just keep showing up saying the same thing over and over again, or just sitting there, you know, I don't have the answers. I didn't have the answers last week. I don't have them today. How do you, what's the frequency? Let's start there. It really depends on size, size of a company. Uh, I think that's first and foremost. I think every other day in this phase that we're in, and I think I'm my thinking is the mushy middle probably has two phases, an early phase and a latter phase, particularly the length as the length of it keeps extending in the mushy middle. But I think a company of scale, national, global, bigger, big companies can be and should be commuting to their key stakeholders, the folks that matter most, not press releases and not the general public every other day. I, I think there are things that we can do that are either topical, informational, here's what we're doing, here's what we're thinking on, or aspirational. Here's what our future could be about, or here's something like that. So I think there's a balance. Every other day is a starting place. We've got a client that's on a Tuesday, Friday cadence, um, because things are changing over the weekend, and they get to report on it on Tuesday, and then they launch into a Friday. So start it every other day. That probably is going to feel, unless you're one of the more, a very large company, that's going to feel like too much. Um, but I, I would really even, I'm a, I lead a team of five personally, and I don't go more than a week. I do it every week where I talk about what's on my mind, what I'm thinking about, what what our future is going to look like. Um, and that's when I've, I've got five employees. Uh, so I think it's somewhere between every other day, twice a week, and at a minimum once a week. So let's go there a second when you said that one of the things you're talking about, what's on your mind, um, what the future is going to look like, you know, that's a very personal message from you. So is that, is that a place to start? Does it need to be, because I'm talking to CEOs at the moment and they're saying, well, I'm in the war room, basically, you know, I, do I have to come out every time and do this? It's not that I don't want to. It's just that A, is this, to be frank, the best use of my time? And B, I don't know that I have much more to say about, about where we're at. So does it have to be the head every single time or can it be different people along the way? I wish there was a, a mathematical formula, but so I'll make one up. 50% needs to be someone at the top or really close to the top. I think uh, uh, some organizations can maybe use a chairman of the board and the CEO for that first 50%. I think another second 50% actually is positive because it demonstrates the depth of a bench and a leadership team. So have the general counsel, the head of operations, the head of HR, the, someone who runs a big factory, there are a, a leader, there, there are you know business unit leaders that are particularly impacted by this. I think they could be the second 50%, a mix of them. So it's sort of a, a one plus five or something like that, depending upon your organization. But I yeah, I do think that that is... That is the privilege of leadership is that you do have to be that communicator. I don't think you have to have all the answers. I think that leaders can talk about and what we're advising our clients to talk about is to talk about frameworks. OK, so as I consider the decisions of how we're going to come back, I'm going to be looking at A, B and C. These are these these criteria are what I'm looking at. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to look at four or five or six um, criteria, but at these three things. And let me tell you what they are. They're the health and safety of our employees. They're that the chocolate is going to be sweet and that we're going to be able to have, you know, Christmas bonuses. What, whatever those three things are is to talk about that is that people know that 
you're taking them along on the journey. And while there is ambiguity in the decision making, there's at least a logical framework. And I think people need a framework. They need a mindset. They need to understand the why. I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't need to know the answer, but I, sh- I could know the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we thinking about it this way? And so we've got a great CEO. Um, it's an interesting organization where there's a chairman and a CEO and they kind of dance together. Um, that they, they are doing a really, really good job of their dance um, talking exactly like that. Here's what we're considering. Or one of the things that we had done recently, Major League Baseball in the United States just introduced their framework. They said, we will start playing when when we see A, B, and C. And so the CEO said, I just learned about this. Our team is going to try to create one of those for us to decide to come back. He didn't say, and my A, B, C is R. But it, it filled that vacuum and he actually crowdsourced and asked for some information. What are some criteria uh, that we should be thinking about? And how do you as a CEO in this moment or a leadership team, how do you avoid that, that feeling of disconnect? You know, you, you communicate and half the organization or a percentage of the organization are going, well, that's fine for you, but you don't really understand where I'm at or what I'm facing or my, what my world looks like as you sit on your, you know, fill in the blank bonus wage, whatever you call it. Is there, is there a way of avoiding that disconnect or is it really just in the how as opposed to the what? Oh, I think all good communication and what I'm talking about nowadays is there's as much listening as there is talking. There is much deciding and speaking and authenticity. There's as much listening as there is anything. And so I think you can formally listen where you pull every fifth comment off of your social feed and share that with the CEO as a random sample. Or you can host a small town hall uh, with people on a Zoom conference. Or you could actually do stakeholder research. The webinar we did last or Monday was talking about do some research. And so getting messaging right is not, in, is not super difficult. It's really very easy when you ask people, what do you expect of me? What do you want me to do? And, and, and people will, will generously tell you, I believe, um, but it's not to be afraid of what the result might be. Don't be afraid of what you're learning when you ask those questions. So listening is critical and you got to engineer the listening because it's a weird, we're in a weird space right now, but a great leader, every great leader I know listens very, very well. I'm just going to, before we finish up, I'm going to swerve slightly um, because we had, we had this really interesting conversation before we hit air, which is always the way, and I'm going to do that differently in the future. Um, but I think it's valuable for anybody that's listening right now. And, and you had said, and I hope you don't mind me sharing, you know, now is a high pressure time for, for everybody and yourself included. You know, you've, you've literally got, you know, CEOs and companies looking at you just saying, do not mess this up. Like everything's on the line. Do not mess it up. And I asked you how you're handling it. And can you can you go there again for me? Because I think that for there's a lot of people who feel that way right now. Yeah, um, and in our conversation, I, I wasn't sure I was super happy with where I landed, um, but it's the best I've got right now. So, in the spirit of eating my own dog food, I'll I'll say it's the best. It's the best information I have to date. I had a conversation with a, an emergency room physician and a, um, an Air Force uh, a bomber, a gentleman who flew planes in the military. They both shared with me the same sentiment that I've tried to embrace 
is kind of this notion of sort of clinical distance is that they just show up and do the best job that they can focus on the mission, the task at hand and sort of resign themselves from the outcome as that you just manage the task at hand. And I'm not sure if I really love that or not, but it has helped me in a conversation, you know, 23 hours ago, we were having a conversation. It's an afternoon call we do every day with a client. Um, and there was a really difficult decision and I did not like where it was going, the outcome of the conversation. I didn't like it, but I just gave my best advice as opposed to, you know, imploring them. I've got unique experiences and I've got unique perspectives and I have a unique way that I can sort of share that orally speaking to people. Um, but um, if they don't get it and they don't want it, not a lot I can do. Um, and I will, I'll, I'll back up and try again, but it's not infinite. Um, and it goes back to some of the other things, the interesting, we saved for another conversation about, about boundaries and, and, uh, and whatnot, but that's, what's right for me and ultimately what's right for our clients. Well, thank you. Thank you for all the ways that you're showing up right now. I've, I've said it, I said it off air. I'll say it again now for anybody that wants to go and check it out. You know, the quality of communication that you and your team at Kith are, are putting out there at the moment about how to, how to get through this from a communication standpoint, um, different methods of communication, different structures, different frameworks. It's all there. You're doing amazing webinars. It's free. Um, please, please check it out and contact the team if you, you know, if you need some more support. It's It has certainty and it is one of the best contributions I'm seeing at the moment. So thank you. Thank you very, very much. That means a great deal coming from you. Thank you. 